Hi, I'm Spencer. And I'm Blake. And, and you're, you're about, about to, to Get, get jumped. jumped. Welcome to episode 50 of Blake and Spencer Get Jumped, a weekly podcast where we watch the anime so you don't have to. But you should still totally watch it. This week on Get Jumped, we're watching Fully Cooly with the introduction of Atomsk, the pirate king from space. You would think that here I would make fun of that, but here I'm just going to talk about how sweet it is that we're halfway to 100. Go us. How sweet it is to be halfway to 100. Let's, let's jump in. Get drunk! Wait, you didn't like you didn't like my song? Oh my god! <laughs> I just didn't expect it at all. <laughs> yeah, that's really. I forgot. I didn't even like write anything about this in my notes. But yeah, this is fiftieth episode. There's there have also been a couple of specials and stuff. So we recorded more than fifty episodes worth of content. But this is number fifty of our normal weekly coverage, and that's pretty exciting. Yeah, and it's a uh, it's a super uh, super weird episode to mm-hmm. it be at fifty on, um, but we're gonna do it. Um, and we're it's we're appropriate. Up- it's the the climax of one of the like most well known anime in like people who know a lot about like anime through like you know the the rise of anime in America up to now. Like you know about this show, so it's appropriate. Yeah. Um, the the other things that we would like to uh, chat about really quick before starting this, uh, the first and foremost thing that we are going to mention here, and we're going to mention at the end and in the next couple of episodes that are going to be coming out, is this is our last episode of coverage of Fooly Cooly. Um, we are doing that just because episode or season two of Fooly Cooly came out, and season three is coming out as well, but they're not completely out. Um, so we figured we would either take a hiatus from it or we might come back like later on after people have unpacked it more. Yeah, we've, um, we've never we... covered a show that is currently airing. So right yeah. now, I, you know, we don't want to get caught up and then not have any content for you guys when it comes time for the show. So Yeah, and we also don't want to spoil things for people that are like really, really new. Um, most of the stuff that we're going to be going over, most anime fans have watched or, you know, they should have watched at some point. Yeah, they've so heard we, about it. So we try it. not to. Yeah, like, that's this is one of the big reasons that I don't want to do My Hero Academia right now is because it is very, very current. It has not finished. And lots of people God, are so just finding the show, so we don't want to give away a whole bunch of stuff inside of the show. Yeah. Um, if you haven't watched it being, yet, I can't stress it enough. It's like one of the most fun best written anime it has great action sequences good animation quality like i just can't talk it up enough it's so good yeah but i would mention inside of here and blake mentioned when we were talking about like the different kinds of shows that we've done and one of the things that he mentioned was that we haven't done any horror animes before so my challenge to you our listeners is to find a horror anime for us to watch that is not over 50 episodes so that we can slot that into this current slot that's right here. And we yeah. really want to get um, the other submissions from the anime listeners that are paying attention to our show. Um, write us up on uh, Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram, on Reddit, wherever you want to write us up. Please let us know your opinion and what you want to hear. Yeah. Um, the 
<laughs> the one that was mentioned to me the most recent was somebody who wanted to see Sailor Moon. And I was like, oh, man, I don't want to do that. <laughs> like, so here's the deal. Like, we we want you guys to have a say. Like, obviously, this is our show and we're going to make decisions based off of what we are able to watch e- each week, what we can stomach watching each week. Um you know, True. we'll take we take our <laughs> personal opinions and um, things that we want to see into account, but we do want to make sure that you guys um, have some sway over what the content and direction of this show is. So, like with what Spencer is saying, like we would like to keep things. We we want to make sure that you guys have a good variety of like the shows that you're listening to. So, like something we haven't covered is horror. So, something like Attack on Titan, something like um, like uh, what was the one you mentioned? Parasite, um, Tokyo Ghoul. These are all different sides of the same coin. Um, Boogie Pop Phantom, like different shows that we could cover that have a different feel. That would definitely be something that's going to get a boost from us right now. Um, You can submit whatever you want. Somebody mentioned Sailor Moon. Like I'm interested in Sailor Moon. I've never seen it and I would like to partake because it is a classic. Um, it's kind of right up there with Dragon Ball Z as far as like leading the charge on bringing anime to America. There's also a Dragon Ball Z Kai, uh, or is it Kai? What's the one where they do the, like the recut version? That's Kai, right? Yeah. Kai. So that, you know, they've got a version of that for Sailor Moon. Like the, you know, so the problem with Sailor Moon for us and our show is that we're already doing Naruto and Hunter x Hunter and we'll be doing them for a while. Um, Jojo's is a little bit shorter and, um, obviously fully cool. is coming to an end today. So like, that's something to keep in mind. You as our listener should first and foremost, feel free to suggest whatever you want to suggest to us, but I'm just going to put it out there that we are going to wait a little bit more heavily on shows that are around 50 to 60 episodes or less. We're going to wait a little bit more heavily. We're going to wait oh, actually a lot more heavily on shows that are easily accessible through steam streaming services rather than ones that we would have to hunt down. Um, and we're going to wait a little bit more heavily shows that have a different feel than what we're covering right now. Um, yep. That does not guarantee that the next show won't be a sailor moon. Uh, it could be if you guys have like an overwhelming vote for something and we feel like we need to like give you what you want. We'll go for it. If you propose something that we both get really jazzed about that doesn't meet these criteria, we'll go for it. Um, It's up in the air. And so I encourage you, if you want us to cover something and it is not a short horror anime that's available on streaming, like, let us know. But those Mm. three qualities are going to give your submission a boost. So please send us any votes you want, but um, keep that in mind. Um, That's going to definitely help your submission rise to the top of the list. Yeah. Uh, with that being said, uh, we have a couple of other things that uh, Blake has mentioned inside of our notes. Um, one of them is that he says that the uh, uh, Gretzko as well as Castlevania are returning to Netflix. Um, yeah. And there's also two new series. What are those? It, yeah. So uh, I don't remember the name of the other one. And I, I didn't want to look it up because as far as I know... So I, I was reading this article this morning about what Netflix is bringing for anime. Um, so that's Agretsuko or Agretsuko, or I don't know how to say it because I haven't watched it, but that's the angry fox that likes metal music or whatever. It's like mm-hmm. you've probably seen the character. Spencer and I were talking about it a week or two ago on this show. Um, it's been on Netflix. It's been fairly popular. Um, again, I haven't seen it, so I don't know much about it. it. You've watched it, though, right, Spencer? 
Yeah, I've watched almost the entire thing of it. It's it's very very interesting. It's not really my sense of humor, um, but I I do enjoy it. Um, and I like that it's a cool spin on something. Um, you'll find and and Blake will mention this as well when we when we bring it up. I have like a very specific um type of uh humor stuff that I like to watch. And one of the things that bothers me the most is when things are awkward for humor's sake and I can't watch them by myself. Agretzko dips its toe into that. And so it makes it hard to make it all the way through it. Yeah. So Um, like Western media examples that I know Spencer and I've talked about are like the office and it's always sunny in Philadelphia. He can have a harder time watching those things by himself. It's not that he doesn't yeah. like them, and it's not that he won't watch them or can't watch them. I know that when I know alone, they are objectively good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it's just like if if I have my choice, I'm like, ah, this is not what I want to do right now. Right. Uh. So Jesus Christ, what is happening with my computer? Okay. So uh. <laughs> so we've got that. Yeah, that's going to get a season two. Castlevania. I don't know if it's being considered a season two or not, but it's it's got new episodes coming, and I I didn't read it in this article. I haven't watched the first castlevania episodes that they released but i know that people have talked that's a that might be a good candidate for us to watch uh to replace fully um but it's supposed to be pretty good and uh i know it's not that long um they're definitely coming out with more episodes in the near future i believe they announced a release date for that so that's cool if you're into that stuff um definitely get pumped about that um i'm just happy to see more anime coming to netflix in general because i think Mm -hmm. anime is cool um since i'm got this podcast and stuff that's probably pretty obvious and i think more people should be into it and um Mm -hmm. so the one anime that i don't remember the name of they didn't mention in the article i was reading that was based off of a manga or series or anything like that so it might be and they just didn't say so um it's got a two-word title it starts with a k um you can find it in any of the many people that are covering netflix releases um we'll be talking about it but uh that show it's basically like um like corporations are having gladiatorial competitions between each other. So like this dude is like an employee at this company and he gets picked to be their gladiator and he like goes into the arena. So it didn't give me a feel for like how out there, how sci-fi, you know, is it going to be like Dragon Ball Z or is it going to be a little bit more toned down kind of action? Um, How gritty or, you know, adult stuff like that. I'm not sure. Um, But it's kind of an interesting premise. And then the other one is Ultraman um ultraman is kind of power rangers kind of iron man um and it's actually they this series actually started back in the 60s so this is going to be as far as i can tell an ultraman adaptation um that is going to be modern i don't think it's going to be a direct rip from like the original manga or anything like that um but yeah the the ultraman brand is coming they i think the netflix um person that they were interviewing in the article was talking about how it's like a uh, it's going to be sort of like iron man a little bit so it'll be i think we'll have like a superhero feel to it and it's gonna i'm kind of excited about it because i think iron man's sweet i like the power rangers but when they're being done in a more like adult superhero-y way rather than like the 90s show which is fun for nostalgia's sake but is not an objectively good show. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, I'm looking forward to it. I'm hoping it's a sweet show. I haven't watched tiger and bunny, but I suspect it's kind of similar to that. Yeah. I will say that the most astounding one that I've talked to Blake a couple of times about, um, is, uh, going to be Voltron. 
and Voltron is so fucking good. Um, they just came out with what season shows. six, right? Yes, and it is astounding, and yeah. it's uh, it's an anime in that, that it's done in the same style as Avatar: The Last Airbender, where it pulls from anime, the same but it's not as fucking Avatar: The Last Airbender. Yeah, it, it's not as and, good because, like, I mean, that's like man, you, you haven't gotten to season six, bro. <laughs> well, that's fair. Yeah, I'm in season two or three, but uh, yeah, it, it's good. There, um, there's there's God. an episode that I would mark down as being one of the best anime fight scenes I have ever seen. And that is saying a lot because I have seen a fuck ton of anime fight scenes. Um, it is beautifully drawn and it is, um, it's, it's really astounding. I've seen people put it on their lists of like best anime fights of like 2018. And I'm like, no, fuck. Yeah. Put that on the list. It's, (laughs) it's really good. Um, That's, that's this from season six. Yeah. It's astounding. It's, Hmm. it's, it's really awesome. Anyways, um, we've been chatting forever. Uh, let's go ahead and jump into your episodes of Fully Cooly. Uh, previously on, Blake has written down. First of all, uh, you know, who knows what happened previously? This uh, write down. So, say what you said here. <laughs> uh, well, I will when I get my notes back up. I'm dealing with technical issues here, and I'm trying to play through the pain. Um, Blake, Blake said on his notes, who even fucking knows? <laughs> yeah, that's that's kind of true. So here's the thing about Fully Cooly. It's a, you know, the sequel series that are coming out now, notwithstanding, um, the show is absurd. And it is kind of absurd for the sake of absurd. So I, I was actually watching today's episodes earlier today. And uh, my fiance was there and he was like, what is this? Like, actually, I watched something and I was like, this show is so weird. And he was like, I'm glad you said something because it's really weird. But I didn't want to say anything in case you really liked it. And it's just like, it, it is absurd. And he was like, what? what is the point of the show? And I was like, the point is, like, to make a metaphor. And there's a little bit of plot, but the plot, it takes the second to the metaphor so like they're gonna do scenes and sequences that have metaphor and that invoke a feeling and that's gonna be what the show is about more than what's happening in the show itself Mm -hmm. so we don't really need to talk about what happened last time except as far as we need to like set up the characters so that you know who we're dealing with here um Per usual, I'm going to mention most of the important characters that we'll meet. There will be one or two characters that we'll talk about that are important in varying ways here and there, but that are not going to be like right at the forefront um, when we start. So I'll address them when we get to it. Um, So number one, first and foremost, we're going to have um, Nauta. He is also known by a lot of the characters in the show as Takun, which is like a sort of like a kitty little brother nickname that people give to him. And um, Naota, he's 12 or so. He's really at that age where you're like right on the cusp of puberty and things are starting to change and you're starting to feel um, like adult feelings, but you don't have any context for them. So you're just kind of weird all the time. Um, So he's, he's there and um, he's going to be coming from there 
uh, with some particularly absurd things happening. Namely, he's going to have a robot sprout out of his forehead suddenly and without warning. Um, it turns out that his forehead is a portal. We're going to learn a little bit more about that today. Uh, but basically, he's just sort of trying to be disaffected. The other thing that happened to him is he has an older brother who plays baseball and who has left in the recent history to go to America to play baseball there. Um, and that has affected him pretty significantly as a character. Um, I would posit that his whole facade is based around acting like that didn't affect him, even though it did. And, uh, I think that's kind of partially what the whole show is about. Um, he's got, his older brother also has a, uh, girlfriend character named Mamimi. Um, she is technically his ex because he has left, but in the same way that Naota is holding on to his brother's presence in a kind of fucked up way, she is as well. Her fucked up way is by hanging out with her ex-boyfriend's little brother, Naota, calling him Takun and being really flirtatious and occasionally kind of physical with him. Um, and she's just kind of sort of keeping that flame alive through this dude's little brother. Um, their lives kind of get flipped upside down when um, Haruko shows up. She is nominally a galactic police officer. She <laughs> is kind of a classic manic pixie dream girl, which is essentially like a like a zany out there character. And yeah, um, imagine imagine Zoe Deschanel on crack. Yeah, on, on a lot like a, a life threatening amount of crack. Like so much crack. Um, yeah. Uh, so she has showed up. She ha- always rides a Vespa and she has guitars that she uses like axes. And um, she's just kind of wild and mysterious. Axes. Axes. She right? uses them like axes. Right. Do you get it? Um, so then we've got our last main character is Conti or Canti. C A N T I. He's a robot. He came out of Nauta's forehead in the first episode, and now he spends most of his time as the housekeeper at Nauta's place and every once in a while as a robotic defender of this town. Um, he's cool. He's basically like a humanoid robot with a TV head, kind of like the um, the Royals in Saga, the comic series. And uh, he turns red occasionally when he needs to power up for a fight, usually by ingesting Nauta. And uh, he's pretty badass. And, and that, yeah. was a, that was a lot. And I kind of rambled there. So let's go ahead and get these three episodes out. We're going to do Fully Cooly 4 through 6 today, which is the last of Fully Cooly Part 1. Yeah, and the funniest thing about it is that, like, there's a lot to unpack. Um, but we can do it relatively quickly. Um, and the biggest reason why is that the, the metaphor is going to be coming further and further to a head in, inside of these episodes. And while that is happening, it is a very slow burn on the show. So I I actually took a lot of notes because a lot of stuff happens, but it's a lot of little stuff that all builds Mm -hmm. to a specific feeling or a specific metaphor. Like, honestly, if we wanted to, we could be like, episode four is about this and then just spend 10 minutes unpacking like the metaphor and the ways that it plays into it. And it would be about as informative as us giving you a play by play. Yeah. And so episode four, five, and six are about Nauta realizing how he truly, his first 
real feeling um, of uh, of, of like pride. Yeah, he has his first feeling of pride. He has his first feeling of love, and he has his first moment of sexual awakening. Um, the the first episode is episode four called Full Swing. Um, it's, uh, it starts out with Haruka. She is beating the absolute shit out of this other team, um, that, uh, that, uh, Takun's brother used to be on. Um, and she is just like pitching up a storm as well as like hitting, uh, uh what did they say? Like hitting a home run every time she comes up to bat. And yeah. at one point he's like, I think that last one she hit went into space. <laughs> yeah. Also, this is something I, I didn't remember the brother's name until I looked at this section of the notes. The brother's name is Tasuku, and Takun is actually a corruption nickname of his name. So people are yep. not only calling Nauta sort of a childish nickname, but they're calling him a nickname that should belong to his brother and that references his brother. So, like, he as a character is living in his brother's shadow. And, like, the show really is about hitting puberty and starting to cope with it. And in his case, like, part of his his transition here is, like, he has complicated feelings of abandonment around his brother disappearing and of, mm-hmm. like, sort of living in his shadow. And these episodes are going to see him starting to contextualize that and make himself his own person. Um, and that's a lot of what this is about because, again, the team that Haruko has just creamed is his old team. And Nauta is on that team, but he... His thing is every time he's up to bat, he doesn't even take a swing. He just kind of stands there and gets struck out. And mm-hmm. they kind of harangue him about it. We get a montage of him doing it. And then eventually we see a scene of Haruko talking to Nauta, And she just goes, nothing can happen until you swing the bat. Which is obviously uh, a metaphor for, like, all of life. Like... Nauta mm-hmm. is repressing his feelings and Nauta is acting like he doesn't care and Nauta is doing basically nothing and he is just not swinging the bat like whenever any opportunity comes up he just doesn't do it and it's yeah. like you know whether or not Haruko is being genre savvy or is trying to like say more than she's saying here like what we as the audience can hear is that like you got to do something like you have to do anything if you don't try nothing will happen yeah. Um then the there's going to be a cut away from what's going on here um to something that I, I I don't like um which is this weird sexual thing that's happening between uh Nauta's dad and Haruko. Um he's like rubbing his chin all over her body and like yeah. uh I He's I basically don't know. like it's, it's like a a pressure massage but he's using his chin so that his stubble adds extra sensation. And she's making orgasm noises, and it's making Nauta uncomfortable. Um, also, me. Everyone it was uncomfortable. Me uncomfortable, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and this is going to be relevant in a little bit, because this episode is kind of Nauta starting to realize that he's jealous of other people giving Haruko affection or attention. Yeah. And it's going to be coming, like, really badly to a head at some point. Um, but while we're talking about this, we're going to get a new introduction of a character. Yeah, um, I never which wrote is... down his name as anything but the detective. I, like, looked it the up. eyebrows. Let's call him eyebrows. We're going to call him eyebrows. <laughs> um, because that's appropriate. This Everybody guy... talks about his eyebrows. <laughs> yeah. His eyebrows in show are referenced frequently. They are actually plot relevant. And uh, they are also a huge part of the production of the show. His eyebrows were one of the most technically complicated and expensive pieces of the show. 
Um, in fact, I believe he is in less of the show than he was planned to be because of how expensive his eyebrows were to animate. Um, and yeah, so he, he has a name. I don't remember them saying it at all during the show. I am sure that they do at least once and I just missed it, but I don't remember it. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll call him eyebrows. Yeah. So, um, eyebrows is going to be part of this like secret organization that's going to be watching over what's going on with these like uh the these weird happenings that are being in this town and they are also monitoring what looks like a giant satellite that is about to start falling from space um earlier um takun got hit with a uh what was a baseball right um and when Uh. the baseball hit him in the head um, it activated a new thing that is going to be happening to him, which is that his head is now a beacon for a falling projectile from space. Yeah, it, we've seen Takun and now or Nauta. That's it's the same character. Um, we've seen him get hit in the head at least once an episode, and every time it does, every every time it happens, it sort of triggers a portal event. So he has. Um, we we will learn. Very shortly, it's called NO. I don't remember them saying what that stands for. Mm. Um, but basically, he has a space portal in his head. So that's why a robot was able to climb out of it a, a few times. He's had various robots climb out of him. Uh, he's had cat ears appear. And now he's going to have a beacon here. Um, there's going to be more stuff climbing at, out of that forehead. Uh, because he has a particularly strong NO field or whatever. Like He's, he's a, a really good portal. And he can let a lot of stuff through bigger things can get through, stronger things can get through, etc. So he's very important and is probably the reason why Haruko showed up to in his place. Uh, also, mm. to uh, lean into the metaphor, at one point when the detective is talking to Naota, he says, after you force yourself to eat it, you become addicted to it. And uh, yeah, that's a, a pretty big metaphor for like sex or alcohol or lots of different adult things. Mm. Yeah. Um, and, uh, then there's going to be a, uh, a scene that happens after this with Haruka, uh, teaching Naoto how to hit a ball, um, while the satellite starts to go into free fall. Um, there's, there's something else that's going to be happening right after this, um, which is, uh, very uncomfortable. Um, it, it is basically a sex scene off camera that we're hearing, it's like, it is, it's the kind of phrases like, oh, can you get it up? Oh, like talking about getting up and hard and inside and stuff like that. That could be one of those things where you walk in and the joke is that like, they're not having sex, they're making cupcakes or whatever, you know, like it's those kind of phrases. But what's different in this scene is that we never see the people saying it. We just see Naota's reaction, and Naota is very upset as he, like, peeks through the cracked door where the voices are coming from. So we are led to believe that this is an actual sex scene, um, or the lead-up to one, um, and that these are not just innuendos, but are actually referencing sexual acts. Um, and it, it's gonna—we're gonna find out later on that this is not what it is, but as far as Naota knows right now, this is a sex scene taking place between Haruko and his father. Mm-hmm. Um, and this yeah. actually when he sees that is the moment that the signal shoots out into the sky during like this moment of heightened emotion yeah um okay you've also written down this bit i don't remember this bit um uh the... apparently naruto uh naruto oh yeah uh, Naota and haruka this um, is really funny he... 
Um, I don't remember this at all. This is when, so after, after that um, scene where he walks in on them, um, so it cuts to like, he, he's with Mamimi and they're hanging out at their usual place under the bridge. And Haruko is on her way to the baseball game that Naota is also supposed to be in. And um, Haruko comes upon them and is like, Naota, are you going to come to the game? And he's like, no, I'm not going to play anymore. And she like she basically chastises him for like looking in on them last night, I think, and calls him a pervert. And he turns around and he goes, you're the pervert. And she smiles and goes, okay, well, let's go have some good, clean fun. And I thought it was hilarious wordplay because it's like, all right, well, we're both perverts, so let's go have some non-perverted fun together. And it, it really made me laugh. I, yeah, I'm not doing a good job of telling it, but you in the moment, not. I was like, "That's great! <laughs> this is really fun wordplay." Cool. Okay, so this one, this one is going to uh, be an also a very weird scene. We are going to see um, Nauta come home, and there is a. Oh man, I I don't know exactly how to explain this this bunch of sequences that are going to be happening in a yeah, row. That's weird. Um so the the first and foremost thing that he's going to do is he's going to be having these flashes of wanting to like kill his father um or actually he, believing that he has. Yeah. And and at one point he's going to think that he's like hit his father and like knocked him out and he like bloodied him. There's one point where you see like the father's head fall out from underneath his, um, uh, Haruka's dress. Um, it's, it's really weird. Um, but we're finding out in this scene that a lot of those flashes were actually real and it was a dummy of his father for some reason that they have around the house. I have no idea why this happens. Yeah. So what happens essentially is that Haruko made a life model dummy decoy of Naoto's dad and is presumably using it for sexual pleasure, which would then explain the scene that Naoto saw the previous night of them hooking up together. Naoto is super jealous. And so he envisions himself beating his dad to death over this and it's, it's very edipal. Uh, and then, um, sorry, I just got an idea for a business called Edipal Arrangements. I don't know what it would be. <laughs> but anyway, back on track. Uh, so, so it's a little unclear. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll put that million dollar deal together off air. But um, so... Uh, we we see Nauta kill his father with the baseball bat. It is unclear whether or not he actually does this, but it turns out that that version of his dad was the life model decoy, or he just imagines it because he's so passionate and then finds the life model decoy already beaten. I think it's a little bit more of the second one with the way that it's shot and the way that the plot moves together, but it is confusing, and I think explicitly so. Um, also of note, there is a manga adaptation of Fully Cooly that I believe came out simultaneously or a little bit after the TV show, which, um, uh, you guys might know is the atypical order. Usually the manga is out for a while and maintains some success and popularity before an anime is made of it. Very rarely does the anime come first. Um, Fully Cooly is one where the anime came first. The manga adaptation is apparently much darker and goes off in a more fucked up direction, but tells basically the same story. 
Um, and I know from having read a, a couple of times about it that one of the major differences is that in this sequence, Nauta actually does kill his father in the manga. Uh, that does not happen in the show. Whether or not he beats what he believes to be his father into what he believes to be death, whatever it is, it turns out that the guy is actually just a life model decoy of his dad, and his dad is fine, and uh, it's n- kind of no big deal. Yeah. Um, um, the next thing that is going to be happening that's really of note is that the satellite is in free fall. Um, we've talked about this a little bit before. Um, and uh, Nauta is going to have to go try and stop it. Um, he is going to be at the, the top of a building after being picked up uh, by um, Haruka. And um, he is going to uh, have a guitar pulled out of the top of his head you know yeah, we've talked specifically she's gonna like reach into the portal this time instead of having stuff stick out or materialize and i wrote mm-hmm. down the dialogue here because it is so sexual but also like referencing more gay sex than straight sex which i thought was surprising where he she puts her hand in his head and says i didn't know boys felt like this inside and now to replies, don't touch me like that from behind. And she says, hurry, whip it out. And then pulls a guitar from his head, which she calls his bat, which has been referenced several times earlier in the episode as a metaphor for a penis. <laughs> so much. No. There's honestly like, so I was talking with Spencer off air. This show, I think, is a little bit too absurd for my tastes. Like, I like the action sequences um, I think that some of the moments of metaphor or emotion hit me as poignant. Like, it definitely has something to say about puberty and, like, what it's like. But it leans too much into the chaotic absurdity of it for my personal tastes. So, like, I respect the show, but I don't love the show. But uh, I really like when they lean into the metaphors like this. And I think if you were looking to talk about, like, the you know, the breakdown of like sexuality and what this show is saying about it, or even just how it refers to it using metaphor. Like this is, this is a tour de force of both veiled and unveiled sexual metaphor. And uh, Mm -hmm. it is there for the taking. Yeah, for real. It's, it's not afraid to do what it's doing. (laughs) It does not shy away from this at all. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so one of the things that that's going to happen next, though, is that he is going to finally decide to swing the guitar bat um, at this falling satellite, which just happens to look like a baseball. Um, well, thrown and- by a giant robot hand, too. <laughs> I forgot about the giant <laughs> yeah, robot. Yeah, I love satellite it. The robot- is a giant ro- yeah, the satellite is a giant robot hand with a bomb in its hands shaped like a ball, and when the the hand throws it at Nauta and then dissolves and then he has to hit the bomb. It's great. Yeah. So he hits it, but um, he cannot hit it all the way. He has to get uh, help from Haruka and they knock it out of the park. Um, while this is happening, by the way, there is a super weird sequence. Wait, is that this one or the next one? They're both giant robot hands. So what? It, okay. So there's going to be for some reason, all of the different characters that are watching this from the satellite room, the women's noses start bleeding. <laughs> uh, you know, I didn't catch that 
at all, so I don't know where it is. I think it's more yeah. this one based off of what's happening versus yeah. what happens in the next fight sequence, but uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, watch it again, you'll see it. Uh, yeah, their noses I must have been typing bleeding. away during that section. And then when it cuts back to them, they all have little cotton swabs inside of their nose, which, which is a reference inside of anime to when somebody is sexually aroused, their nose will start bleeding. It's yeah. usually the men, but this is the women this time watching this person swing his bat. Obviously a metaphor. Yeah. Um, so that's mostly also, all that Interestingly in enough, <laughs> the episode starts with Naota having been hit in the face by a ball. And like when we first see him... His nose was bloodied, and he's got it stopped up with a napkin like that. I bet that was an intentional reference to this, or this is an intentional reference back to that. As, like, he has this burgeoning sexuality, he hasn't swung the bat, so it made him get a bloody nose, but we only see the bloody nose being stopped up. Uh, God, there's so much to unpack in this show. Like, I don't love it because of the absurdity, but I love how much stuff there is under the surface. It is fucking full Anyways, anyway we've got um, two episodes the, to go through <laughs> yeah and we're gonna kind of blitz through these um so episode five is called brittle bullet uh the biggest reason we can blitz through this episode is that it's all about what happens um inside of this metaphor of his burgeoning um uh not yeah. sexuality as much as much as it is his pride also the he first is, two he, minutes of this episode are so confusing Yes, they are very confusing. Um, they go very fast. There is weird anime choices. Then there is some Western media choices. Then there's some South Park choices. So yeah. be aware, it's going to come fast and furious. So what really is coming up inside of this is that Nauta is getting annoyed more and more so um, that his dad is kind of messing around with um, Haruka. And, um, because he's he is, starting to realize that he has feelings for her. Yeah, and so there's this one point where the horn on the back of his head is going to pull out and push his face into Ruka's face, making them kiss. His dad sees this and goes into like a blind fit of rage. So they decide that they are going to have a pop gun fight, shooting like little pellets at each other. Before we switch to the gun fight, like literally a horn, she's laying on top of him. He's sitting there telling her, basically telling her off. And then a horn grows out of his head, forcing his face into hers to kiss her. And she exclaims that he kissed her. And he says, no, it wasn't me. My horn made me do it. Like, this is an unveiled metaphor. Yes, very unveiled. Anyways, the biggest thing that we're going to have to unpack is they're running around fighting each other with these shooting little guns. And his dad and he, he are... And for some reason, his dad is wearing a Nazi uniform. He has yeah. like a, a swastika on his like arm for some reason. I have no idea I don't why. Get what they're trying to say here? Um, I was very, uh, very weirded out and kind of annoyed that they did this. I, I don't know why they do it. Fuck it, it's weird. It's um, not a huge part of the episode, so we can safely ignore it. Yeah. So at the same time, one of these people from the spy agency is trying to kill um, the robot that he um, he is always bringing around. That's Conti. She's not Conti the, not is the spy being... agency lady. The robot. 
Yeah, the spy agency lady, I don't really know her name, but yeah. uh, she's firing like a long range sniper at him. Um, and, uh, and they get into a fight and then, well, um, Haruko the... keeps like knocking the sniper bullets away while pretending like she's just reacting to the airsoft game. Yeah. And then at one point she's going to completely leave that scene and go, um, uh, go shave the face of the guy with the big eyebrows. So that also <laughs> yeah. is going to happen. Um, it's, so... it's kind of like in the first, first or second episode where she suddenly appears in the hospital. So yeah, uh, yeah what uh there's so, a lot of things happening right now and right the way that we're explaining this is how kind of how you're gonna feel while you're watching it yeah um, because it's a lot of shit happening very quickly and very strangely and in seems almost out of sequence um yeah. and um the the big thing that's gonna happen after this is that um he is going to get picked up by some of his friends. They are going to go and drive off. They also um, start to realize that he's the guy who like has, it, he's like commanding or leading or piloting the robot that's saving everybody. So like mm. suddenly the rumors that they were talking about a few episodes ago have become true and it's him. So he's starting to get like a notoriety. Um, mm. His classmates are starting to look at him in a different way and specifically the girl of this group who has expressed sort of you know through her behavior rather than her words a little bit of an interest in nauta she is going to be seen several times uh with a popsicle making a non-ambiguous oral sex reference yeah anyways the other thing that keeps on happening and you'll see this throughout this episode is that we're going to see a gun being loaded and a gun being cocked and this happens every time um, that uh, Nauta is getting his ego fluffed up. Um, he is going to get uh, more and more people talking about how amazing he is, how interesting he is, all this different kind of stuff. Um, and the more, more yeah. it starts to build up, the more you realize that something crazy is going to happen when it actually goes off. Yeah, we're also going to get a sequence where Mamimi, um, which again is Naota's older, older brother's ex, who is kind of sexually weird with Naota, they're going to talk and Mamimi is going to note that he has changed and they, you can kind of see that their relationship is dissolving and they both can tell. Um, mm -hmm. Haruko goes to confront um, Eyebrows, who specifically says that Conti is too dangerous to be left here, here being Earth that medical mechanica wants to move their facility to earth because of his presence. And that he suspects that when Kanti turns red, he is Atomsk. And you might remember me mentioning Atomsk in the intro. Um, I don't know if we mentioned him last episode, uh, specifically not by name, but Atomsk is the so far only named character who is like a great space pirate um he's like i guess the best space pirate around and he's so good and so powerful that he can steal entire galaxies without people being able to stop him um so he's kind of it turns out starting to be revealed as sort of the center of all of this and we'll learn a little bit more about that as this episode goes along yeah they're they're not super important <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Nauta and Mamimi... Na Mamimi is sort of pulling away from Nauta, and Nauta resists it. And it, it's interesting, because he resists it in that way that, like, he uh, he clearly isn't into her also. 
And I think it's one of those things where like you don't realize yet that something has changed or something has stopped working and you're trying to hold on to it. But like subconsciously, you know that it's not working. So you're trying to hold on to it in this like begrudging or aggressive way without like the actual sincerity or passion that you would if you really believed that that thing should still work. So like in this instance, he's like, let's go out. We're going to go out. He like drags her to this restaurant and she's like, I don't want to go in there. Like there's no point. And, um, he, he tries to like, basically like get her to go on this date. And she refuses because she thinks that he likes Haruko and he tries to kiss her and she just kind of like turns her face away and sort of ignores him a little bit. And then like the scene is interrupted by a giant fleshy horn bursting from his head, smashes into the ground between Manini's legs and just grows to like the height of a skyscraper. And the both of them are like swept up to the top of it. Yeah. Um, this is, uh, of course the, the gunshot going off inside of his head. Um, this is his pride taking form. Um, in it's another giant hand, except for this one is kind of a big robot one that has a whole bunch of guns for fingers. Um, it's like each finger ends in a hand that's holding a gun. (laughs) Yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah, so um, there's a big fight that goes on inside of this. Um, slowly, we yeah. we figure out uh, that that Nauta is getting more and more upset by this, and she, um, the girl that he is at with Mamimi, um, she keeps on saying that she wants to be saved, and she keeps on saying that she needs to be saved by his brother, and he's yeah. like, "Shut up about my brother! I'm the one that's saving you. You need to just be quiet and be saved by me." And yeah. he gets swallowed by um, he, Kanti he also specifically, after he summons him. Yeah, he, he specifically summons Kanti. This is the first time that he's ever called Kanti to him. Usually Kanti has used him sort of unwillingly. This is the first time he motivates Kanti rather than the other way around. He also climbs into Kanti willingly. This is the first time he does that. And before he does, he turns around to her and he tells her, don't call me a Takun ever again. I'm Nauta. And it's like... Yeah. This was one of my favorite moments in the show because it's mm-hmm. like him realizing who he is and like taking charge of it. Yeah. He then flies off, uh, pulls a, a new Gibson guitar out of his face um, as the robot. He turns a different red, a different co- uh, a, He becomes more and more powerful. And then He's like glowing, he, which he usually yeah. doesn't do. Yeah, and this the guitar that he's pulled out is this Gibson guitar that they're like, oh my god, that's a Tomps guitar, and he smashes a giant hole inside of the hand. The hand becomes petrified, and it's knocked over a little bit of the um, the giant iron in the middle of the city, which yeah, starts pouring m- out med- smoke. Right, Medical times. Mechanica has a, a big building in the shape of an iron on one edge of town, that pours out smoke periodically, it suddenly pours out smoke. And we're going to learn at the start of the last episode that it has been pouring out smoke ever since. Um, The hand also specifically is knocked basically. So it looks like a hand bursting out of the ground and reaching up with an, with a sort of open ready to grab um, hand towards the sky. And I don't think, I don't know that this is an intentional reference or not, but the whole burst through it is like in the middle of the palm. So it looks like, 
like, you know, Jesus's hands with the nails through them or whatever. I can't remember what that word is when you like get a religious marking or whatever, but it looks like that. Um, and I'm not sure if the, the Japanese people often will use Christian imagery um, in their works. And sometimes it's sometimes it makes more sense than other times because most Japanese people are not Christian and they usually use it because it's cool rather than because they're trying to make a statement about Christianity. Uh, so I'm not sure if this is intentional and if it is intentional, I'm not sure if it's actually trying to say anything or if it's just a reference for references sake, but it, as somebody with a Christian background, it really read that way. This, the word you're looking for, by the way, is called stigmata. Thank um, you. And then, um, the last thing that we're going to see is, um, Nauta being expelled after the power up and uh, Haruka staring lovingly at him and calling him a Tomsk. Sorry, Next, she stares lovingly at Conti, not at Nauta. Yeah, that's correct. Um, sorry. Uh, the last episode is going to be FLCL IMAX. Um, so it's fully like climax. Fully, fully, fully climax is what it's trying to say. Anyways, um, they are practicing chopsticks in one of my favorite scenes of the entire show, which the <laughs> the kids in the scene are trying to use the chopsticks, and the teacher that's there is not good at chopsticks. Yeah, and I she's like, tell yes. if this was a teacher or if this was like a student presentation or something. Yeah, she she's is very bad, bad at, at it. it. <laughs> and, and they specifically like, say that using chopsticks can ward off Alzheimer's because it exercises your brain, and um, I don't think that that's true. <laughs> Uh, and also they show w- at least one student stabbing into like a dumpling with the, s- the chopsticks, which in case you don't know, is not how you use them. And I thought yeah. that was pretty funny. Yeah. Um, there um, is a couple of things that are going to be happening in pretty quick succession. We're going to go back and forth between um, finding out that the smoke is the steam just keeps on pouring out of this um, giant iron. Uh, they, this is mentioned a couple of times by Nauta, who's just like, nothing happens. It's like we're separated from this world, the world yeah. around a, us by the steam that surrounds our city. Yeah, it parallels the beginning of the show where he talks often about how nothing happens in the town. It's an ordinary place. Everything is boring. Nothing special ever occurs. That kind of thing. Um, and he's going to have that same malaise, even despite the fact that all this crazy shit has been happening. And now they're being obscured by the smoke constantly instead of just once a day. Yeah. Um, and also, and Kanti have also been missing ever since. Um, they, the detective that is talking about this, um, eyebrows. talks about how <laughs> he is talking about how, uh, the big giant iron, um, is come to iron out the wrinkles in humans' brains and make them brainless, which is a yeah. dumb thing to say. <laughs> that is their that's their theory on what me- medical mechanica, which we now know explicitly is some sort of like galactic organization or race or whatever. Um, they they suspect that they want to iron out the the wrinkles in people's brains to make them brainless. Uh, which to me read as a sort of commentary on like media or something, but it didn't. As far as I could tell, it didn't delve any deeper into that, and then it turns out that their plan is maybe something slightly different, because later on in the episode it's going to be said that they have flattened out other planets. It says planets, not the people in them, so I'm not sure what their plan is. I guess they really fucking hate mountains. Um, Yeah. So, anyway. The detective is also going to... um, 
uh, talk about this, and he's also going to give Nauta some eyebrows, which we didn't explain in the last episode when we were going over it. Um, but these are um, these are a way to keep the NO field suppressed. Yeah. Also, th- there is a sexual innuendo from the last episode that is also plot relevant when um, Haruko, when the the big hand monster is attacking Haruko, actually. Um, goes up to eyebrows after his eyebrows have fallen off in the commotion and she opens a portal in his head and his head is not as good as Nauta's head. And it, it like only protrudes like a small horn and she pulls a little guitar weapon from it. And she specifically says, uh, Nauta's was always bigger and better. And it's, uh, you know, a, an unveiled penis size joke, but it also specifically is letting us know that like, there are multiple people that have the ability to generate these NO portal fields. Perhaps everybody can do it. It's not completely clear, but some people are much more adept and Nauta is very special in that he can he can like basically pass a lot of things through his head. Yeah. Um we're then going to cut to Mamimi who's meeting a little robot. Um she has this moment where she gives up her phone um to the robot and lets it eat it. Um, kind of like her severing her ties from everybody yeah. else around her. She's, and she it specifically, also keeps on growing bigger. Yeah, she tries to stop it from eating her phone initially because it's got a, the phone number. I think it's the phone number for Nauta's brother. It might be Nauta's number, but I think it's her, her his brother's number. And she like she drops her phone and the thing tries to eat it. She's like, no, it's got what's-his-face's number in there. And then she's like, you know what, just eat it. And it's like... You know, it's very clear that this is her finally, like, admitting to herself that it's over and she needs to move on. Um, But, yeah, she starts feeding it more and more stuff and it's growing bigger. And that's kind of happening in the background of all the other stuff, which is going to pick up with another manga sequence. Um, You might remember from our last episode of coverage or from the first episode of this show, there is what turns out to be a super expensive sequence where the show stops being an anime and starts being an animated manga and it's wacky. Uh, there's not a lot of content here. The The content basically revolves around Nauta's eyebrows fall off. The the fake ones that block the NO field, not his real ones. And um, Haruko has returned. And then what I do like about this anime, uh, manga sequence is that at the end of it, his dad stops it by basically being like, okay, we got to stop doing the manga thing. It's too difficult to be in a manga and we should be a regular anime now. And now it's like an anime. What are you talking about? And his dad's like, yeah, people said that it was too expensive after the first time that we did it. And, but they also said that we were cowards. So here we are. And I was just like, all right, cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, the other thing that's going to be happening here is they're going to af- ask what FLCL means again, and Nauta says that it doesn't matter. Um, and it means then sex, Nauta, but it doesn't yeah, matter. Obviously, <laughs> um, Nauta and Haruko um, then have a conversation where uh, Nauta reveals that he's upset um, that she left so suddenly, and she offers to let him come with her, um, which is very important to Nauta. Um, the there's a lot of discussion that's going to happen in pretty quick succession inside of the show. Um, but the, the big thing that's going to be happening very soon is that the robot that was found, um, by Mamimi is starting to get bigger and then it ends up fusing with Canty and then it tries to become, uh, a part of the big giant hand that's trying to lift up the iron again. Um, and yeah. like crush the city or iron the brains. I don't know what it's going to do, it, but yeah, it's trying to get and back. It, 
it fuses with a piece of Canty, but not with all of him. And so eventually yeah. Canty, um, he he stops the giant hand that has now been activated from picking up the iron. And mm-hmm. then from his face, in the same way that things have burst out of Nauta's forehead, something bursts out of him, and it is Nauta. But Nauta is a glowing red energy version of himself holding a one of those guitars that has two necks instead of one. And um, we are told by the other characters that he has basically burst forth and is containing the energy of Atomsk. And, has, and at this point, Haruko makes clear what her goal has been this whole time. It is not that she loves Atomsk. It is that she wants to consume his energy for herself. And she explicitly says that Haruko can't consume Adam's energy because that's what she wants to do and gets into a fight with him. Um, it is, it, it's not quite a curb stomp battle. Like she is not just being beaten to death or being beaten mercilessly and with no recourse, but like all of her attacks are completely pointless and fruitless. And he brushes her off easily and very extremely. Um, yeah, and then he is going to, uh, at one point, look like he is going to strike the killing blow on her, fly straight up to her, and then stop. And he looks at her in the face, and he says, I love you to her. And yeah. it's this weird moment where you like, I don't know how to feel in this moment, Yeah, but it's not going to last long because a giant phoenix thing is going to come bursting through. (laughs) Yeah, as soon as he kisses her, it like apparently opens up another portal in his head and a giant fucking phoenix, it's really cool looking, comes through and that is the real Atomsk. It weirdly picks up the iron and lifts it and then drops it. So the iron from Medical Mechanica is sort of like askew. It's not, like, on its side. It's just sort of not laying flat on the ground. But it doesn't, like, take it off into space or anything, so I don't know what's up with that. Uh, mm-hmm. But it picks it up, and then he sort of, like, I guess his energy form sort of shrivels, and he vanishes in what we can only presume was a teleport. Yep. Um, and that, that's the end of the show. That's pretty much <laughs> it, yeah. Uh, Haruko is going to leave. Mamimi also will leave, um, presumably to go to America to pursue Nauta's older brother or to go somewhere else to pursue her own interests. Um, Nauta echoes the beginning and end of the first episode by again claiming that nothing happens around here that is very uh, special or unique or exciting. And that's pretty much it. Uh, It's sort of left a little bit ambiguous, but uh, the the force of change that enters his life at the beginning of the show is Haruko and she is gone. So the sort of whatever plot there is of the show has been resolved. Um, I believe in the manga version, they do go off to space together. I think that's another noted difference between the two. Um, and I think the manga is a little bit longer. So if you're a manga person or if you love fully cooling, you want to get more of it. Um, but it, with a, a few different plot points, or if you're the kind of person who's really jazzed about how different adaptations present the same story in different ways, um, check out the manga. It is a different story. It's not a complete rehash. Um, It's pretty similar, but it's not the complete same story. Um, But yeah, that's it. That's fully coolly. So you guys, as our listeners, um, like we said, let us know what you want us to watch and start covering Um, We've got three weeks of content before we get to that point, but as you know, we plan ahead, 
So you don't have a lot of time. Please reach out to us. Let us know what you want. Um, all the social media channels are coming up um, here in the outro. Also, let us know what you think about Fully Cooley. It's an anime classic, but it's also crazy and all over the place. Uh, but it also has great action and beautiful animation. Like, do you like it? Do you not like it? Is it your favorite anime? Do you think it's overrated? Uh, what do you feel about it? Let us know. Yeah, we seriously won't really want to know what you yeah, have to think Yeah, I'm about really it. curious. Yeah. But um, anyways, so, stick around until after the credits, and then we'll get a uh, preview of next time. Episode 50? <laughs> Blake and Spencer Get Jumped is made by Forever Summer Productions. With sound editing done by Rashad English of Plain English Productions. He's our level 5 sound wizard. Our podcast is ad-free, and we want to keep it that way. If you want to keep it that way, too, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Patreon members get exclusive member content and unlock group perks. Follow us on Twitter at B&S Get Jumped. Like us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Blake and Spencer Get Jumped. Or talk to us on Reddit at Reddit.com slash R slash Get Jumped. If you like the show, please like, subscribe, and leave a review. Reviews help us chart on iTunes. And remember, new episodes come out every Sunday on your favorite podcast platform. Next time on Blake and Spencer Get Jumped, we're watching Naruto. And this is going to be the introduction of the Byakugan, the special eyes. Look. Look at me with your special eyes. My brand! <laughs> <laughs>